Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. And wow, I feel like it's been a million years since I recorded, although it's only been a couple of weeks. I had to take a week off. I just, so much has happened. And I don't mean happened physically, but just I've had so many epiphanies and downloads and so much clarity come through. And I think, you know, there's been enough of that to fill 10 podcasts. So I won't be able to share everything. I'll share pieces, but you know, the past, I think it's been three weeks now coming on a month, uh, that I've had my flip phone in the past two weeks. I've been off of social media as well. I have felt so much more connected to myself, so much more connected to God. I have had breakdowns. I have had joyous epiphanies. There's been so much coming up, not just emotional things that's happened too. you know, emotions have come up to be released, especially now that I am doing very minimal numbing because I'm really not spending time scrolling or wasting time on social media and a lot less time listening to music. So there's a lot more spaciousness for things to come up to be released. And so that's been happening. I'm not going to say it's been all amazing and my life is perfect now that I don't have an iPhone and I'm using a flip phone, but has made things better in the long run because I do feel a lot lighter and so much clarity has come to the surface, you know, some clarity that's been actually hard to face some realities and some truths that I'm now realizing I've been seeing for months and months and months, but not wanting to see. So I've been avoiding. I actually was having consistent dreams. I might have shared this before. I don't remember. I was having consistent dreams for like four months of just not being able to open my eyes and not being able to fully see and my vision being blurry and trying to get somewhere and not being able to get there. And it was like, there's things I wasn't seeing. And I kept telling myself, what does this mean? I don't know. And of course we always know deep down, even if it's unconscious. And I did know, and I'm now, you know, in this time period of spaciousness without social media, without an iPhone, without a smartphone, all of the answers, all of the clarity has been made aware to me. It's crazy. And I'm not ready to share all of those details yet, but I will say that so much clarity has dropped in and I've actually had this spaciousness to really look at it for what it is and truly accept it because I think there hasn't been any other choice. I don't have the distractions. I don't have the numbing to distract me from the truth that is right in front of me. And it's been so scary and illuminating and beautiful and exciting and joyous and all of the things. And like I said, I feel like I've had so many epiphanies and moments with God in the past three weeks or so. I, there's no way I could fit it all into a podcast. I'm going to share something that has really been placed on my heart in the past really 24 hours 
that feels really important to share because I have a feeling that some of you are needing to hear this message or it wouldn't be on my heart and you wouldn't be here listening. And this kind of started by me looking back at the past year of my life. And if you've been following my journey, you know that last year has held so much for me. I went through, you know, the deepest void space I've ever experienced. I spent months processing some really, really, really deep grief. I let go of so much. I purged and I, I purged so many identities. I grieved so many spiritual and egoic deaths and I am not the same person I was even six months ago, even eight months ago. Many of you know that. I feel like a completely brand new creation, a new person. I, I don't feel the same at all. And you know, it's been a rocky journey to get to where I am. It's it's been really, really challenging. I started my life completely over, and not only not only did I start my life over completely from scratch, but I started myself over. It felt like I I purged and, and shed so many layers, so many facades, so many identities that I thought were, were me, but really weren't. They were just security blankets or molds or facades I learned to put on. And once I shed them and got to know like really who I am underneath all of that, you know, it's been an adjustment period of getting used to who I feel like I am now, which is, you know, brand new. And it's interesting because this year, which has been so challenging, and I kind of also explained about a lot of the betrayals and emotional struggles I experienced about a year ago that kind of led me in into this year of transformation into this deep journey of coming back into union with God, which I'm so thankful for. And I really believe that God had to get me alone. He kind of pulled me out of my life where I was, pulled me into this brand new life in this brand new place, not knowing anyone, starting over from complete scratch, starting over who I am, starting over in a new place physically with no community, starting over my business, really everything was starting over from scratch and I was completely really alone. And I think that that happened on purpose and God had to get me alone so that I had to focus on him. I had to lean on God because I had no other option. And I'm so grateful. It was so challenging, but I'm so grateful because it it helped me to create this deep trust and faith I have now in God, which is going to help me in this next season of co-creation and dreaming and creating really big things and momentum and inspiration. And I'm feeling all of that come alive within me. And I'm so excited for everything I'm going to co-create in my life with God. It just, I feel like I'm on the edge of some really big things that I don't feel ready to share yet, but it feels I feel more excited and more hopeful right now than I have in a really, really long time. And I don't think I would be able to be feeling what I'm feeling now if I hadn't gone through the past six, eight, ten months of God getting me alone with him. He was preparing me. He was like, Kristen, I need your whole heart. I need you to truly trust me with every fiber of your entire being so that you have the faith it takes for this next chapter of co-creation together. It was like, I just felt like he was saying, Kristen, I, I know that you know how to manifest on your own. We've seen you do it, but I want to show you how to do it with me. I want to show you how to create with me. Because what I now know is that if God's not in it, I don't want it. If it doesn't come from God, it's not going to come with his peace. 
right? We're all secretly or not so secretly really, but a lot of us unconsciously we're craving that peace, that contentment, that fulfillment that can't be satisfied by any physical thing in this life. And a lot of us have tried to satisfy our cravings, our longings, our desperations through manifesting our dreams. But the reality is, and I know this because I manifested all of my dreams and also watched them burn to the ground, you know, after which I lit the, the flames myself. I held the match and I burnt it all to the ground because I realized that it didn't bring me what I was looking for. Only God can bring that. I don't want to create on my own. I know where that leads, right? No more manic manifesting from our egos to try to fulfill something that can't be fulfilled outside of God. We all have this deep yearning and longing and desperation that creates a feeling of a void within us. And we try to fill it in all the ways we know how. Manifestation became one of those ways, but it didn't work, right? Nothing can fill a void that was created to be filled with love. And that kind of love can only be experienced when we truly come into full union with God, with our hearts. And the journey of co-creation is a journey of coming back home to your heart, opening your heart. I've talked about this before, but the really important part here, the significant part here is that God lives within our hearts. And so it's like so many people, they say they know God, they know all about God maybe, but they don't intimately know him and feel him because their hearts are closed off. God, the spirit of God doesn't have a place to live within us. But when we learn to open our hearts and to let God in, when God, literally the spirit of God's spirit is living within our hearts, we co-create with ease. This is when we can become confident that the desires of our heart are actually also God's desires for us. This is when creating from our heart is no longer an independent and this is just me thing. We're no longer creating from ego and don't even have to fear that that's happening. Because when we create from our hearts, but our hearts are open and God is living, spirit is living within our hearts, then everything from our heart becomes a co-creation. Then there's no longer this force, this struggle, this burnout of trying to create on our own then we no longer have to go through the process of manifesting on our own and realizing it wasn't what we wanted. We never have to worry that we're manifesting from our ego. Co-creation can only happen from a heart that is open and in union with God. And this is why the process of co-creation, coming back into union with God and opening your heart is all one and the same. You cannot have one without the other. It's all one process. It's all one co-creation. This is how we were designed, truly designed to live with open hearts that are filled with the spirit of God. And also, you know, a big, I guess, epiphany or piece of clarity that dropped in in the past, my time period away from screens and just being with God was that he gave us our imaginations for a reason. And I don't believe God makes mistakes. He designed our imaginations with care. We are his handiwork. Our imaginations are meant to be used with God. We're meant to be dreamers. We're meant to dream big. We're just not meant to do it on our own or to do it with desperation and pressure and force or to depend on our dreams to fulfill us. 
to bring us peace. We're not meant to dream and to go move toward those dreams with a dysregulated and dysfunctional nervous system that doesn't feel safe. We're not meant to do it with a heart that's shut down and we're not meant to do it outside of union with God. This is where we've kind of messed everything up. But I think in the path of resolving a lot of this, a lot of us have forgotten to keep dreaming. So it's no longer write down all your dreams and do everything you can to manifest them and that's the end. Now it's seek God first, focus on your heart first and foremost, come back to your body, and then pursue your dreams. When our hearts are in sync with God, when they're open, when there is space for the Spirit of God to literally make a home within our hearts, there is no limit to what we can co-create in our realities. No, absolutely no limit. And I remember I used to always teach when I was like big on manifestation and a lot of what I taught, I still stand by just some of it has shifted. And, and I remember I used to always teach there are no limitations, anything is possible, but that was only a, it was only partially true because the reality is yes, anything is possible, but not on your own. Anything with God is possible. On our own? Absolutely not. We have so many limitations for human beings. It would not be grounded in reality, actually. I now believe to say that on our own, anything is possible. But the reality is, with God, everything is possible, even the impossible. When we allow him to live in us and through us when we allow him to strengthen our hearts and our faith because we cannot co-create a life without really strong faith and belief it's the same as you know manifestation we learned you got to believe it right you have to believe it in order to see it we wait to see things in order to believe them that's not how faith works that's not how the universe works that's not how god functions we have to believe it in order to see it. That's what faith is. It's believing in the unseen. And so this is still the way that reality operates. We must have faith in order for the unseen to become seen. We have to believe it before there's proof. We have to believe it before we see it. We have to believe that God can work wonders in our lives before we see the proof of it. We have to believe that it is worthwhile to open our hearts to let God in, to let love in, before we see the proof that beauty will come of this. Before we see the proof that we're not going to get hurt. Life is a huge game of trust, of faith. And here's where a lot of us kind of got messed up on our journeys as well, is we thought that belief was just in our minds. We could just convince ourselves to believe, believe that something was possible and then it would show up, right? Because when we believe something, it makes it available to us. Everything comes through faith. But the problem is that faith is not something that just exists in our mind. It's an embodiment. And I have come to know that it's actually not possible to get to an embodied place of faith if our body is shut down, if our hearts are closed off. There will be an inability to trust. There will be an inability to experience embodied faith. 
And I keep seeing this over and over with my one-on-one clients. I probably had at least five people tell me in the past month after a session, like, wow, I knew everything. I knew all of this, but I've never experienced it like this before. I've heard that from at least five separate clients. Because you might know something in your mind. You might know the idea of faith. You might know the concept of co-creation. You might know the concept of opening your heart. You might know the concept of coming back into union with God. But knowing and embodying are completely different. And it makes all the difference in your reality. Because knowing something, reading about it, memorizing it, understanding it, doesn't cut it. But the reality is it's a lot easier to learn about something than it is to embody it. Everyone wants to learn about it, right? Everyone wants to learn about how to make their lives better. How to feel more love. How to make their dreams a reality. That's fun. No one wants to actually embody it, right? Like we say we want to, but we don't always want to. It can feel scary. It can feel uncomfortable. Even learning to expand your capacity to hold more joy feels uncomfortable. And yes, there gets to be growth and expansion through love, but it's not all just feeling really deep grief and pain and and releasing everything. But none of it feels completely comfortable, even the good stuff, because it's all new. And for most of us who've lived most of our lives with our bodies pretty much shut down, our hearts pretty much closed off, it's new territory. New territory is outside of our comfort zones. It's going to feel wildly uncomfortable no matter what it is. And our mind is going to do whatever it can to stop us from going there. And the whole reason I got into this tangent in the first place, I don't remember if I already shared this or not, was because I got to a point where last week I started asking myself, when did I stop dreaming? Like, when did that happen? And to give some some background to this, and I kind of shared how, you know, last year was a, a lot for me. The last the last 12 months of my life was, was a lot and it was on purpose. And I'm so grateful for all of it because it brought me to who and where I am now. And I've never felt more content with myself ever. I've never felt so deeply at peace with who I am. And me moving where I am right now, where I'm living, happened to have the worst, coldest, gloomiest, wettest, year, not just winter, but year since the sixties, since the early sixties, it is just completely abnormal weather that no one's seen before. And it's been really hard. I think that I just saw an article. We haven't had a full day of sun since mid February. And I wasn't expecting that moving here. And I know it might seem dramatic to be complaining about the weather when I live in a place that doesn't even snow. And I know many of you do live in a lot colder places, but for me, not having sun for months on end seriously affected my mental health. It was so challenging. And at the same time, I do believe that God brought so much good from it. There was so much beauty in it because even though it was so hard, it it brought so much out of me. So much was pulled out of me in the past few months, but it was really, 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 I, I've never experienced seasonal depression and I experienced it for the first time in my life this year. And 
it was really, really, really challenging to navigate. I've never experienced that before, that feeling of, wow, I just can't even get out of bed. And I do believe that our bodies are created and designed to thrive off of sunshine. And there's lots going on behind the scenes with weather and all of lots going on in the world and spiritual warfare and all of that's happening. And I, I don't think that a lot of the horrendous weather a lot of places are experiencing are by accident. I think it's by design, but at the same time, it, it worked, right? It really got to me. It really affected me. And I think I was in such a deep space of processing and spiritual death. And honestly, the weather helped to encourage the spiritual death that I was going through and to pull it out of me. And for that, I'm grateful, but it brought me to a place where I had completely stopped dreaming and God had to remind me like Kristen, yeah, there are things going on in the world and there's spiritual warfare. And this weather is not what I designed on this planet that I created so lovingly for each of you. And in fact, there's so many things on this planet that are not the way that I designed, but you can't let it stop you from dreaming. That was like this big message that dropped in is like, I created you with your imagination for a reason. I created your heart the way I created it for a reason. I didn't create you with this imagination and this kind of heart for you to stop dreaming as soon as things got harder. And, you know, obviously it wasn't just the weather. This past year has been the hardest year of my entire life for so many reasons. And God just woke me up like, Kristen, you can't stop dreaming. And the past few months, six months or so, I've been so excited and inspired to work with women on, you know, I had my program rebirth and a lot of my one-on-one clients have been focused around moving through that spiritual death, moving into that rebirth and, you know, before a rebirth happens, there is the pain, the labor pains, the dilation pains as we prepare to birth something. When we are pregnant with something, pregnant with new life, pregnant with new desires, pregnant with a new era, pregnant with a human baby, whatever it is that we are pregnant with emotionally, spiritually, or physically, there are labor pains before the rebirth, before the birth. And that's what I've been experiencing for the past year. It's been pretty intense. And I've been so excited to help women through those same processes and help them into their rebirth stages to that next era. And now I feel myself entering that era truly. There's been so many mini rebirths, but I feel myself entering a really big one, leaving the labor pains. And I'm kind of in that final stage of that final push before the birth. And of course, I'm feeling as my inspiration changes from helping women through spiritual rebirth and through that death period into helping women in the co-creation phase, in the phase of bringing life into this world, in that phase of birthing their new realities, in the phase of co-creation, the phase of love and inspiration and excitement. And as I shift and the stage I'm in shifts, so does my work, so does who I attract, so does my soulmate client, so does who I want to help and the work that I do and what I'm showing up for. And so once again, my business is going through a shift as I go through a shift. As I begin to dream again, as I begin to co-create in a really, really big way, as I begin to unleash my imagination it's also the kinds of clients that I'm beginning to attract, the ones who are ready to co-create and to dream big and to make some really big things happen through co-creation with God. Like I keep seeing like this image of like 
our life is this blank canvas. But it's not us who's trying to create this perfect drawing on it anymore. How stressful. I literally am seeing almost like this God, the spirit of God, entering into us and moving our hands for us, creating this beautiful painting. And it feels easier for us because we know it's going to be beautiful and we don't have to know exactly what it's going to look like, but we have to allow God to move through us. And if we're not willing to even dream of a beautiful painting, we're not ever going to even pick up the paintbrush and God won't be able to work through us. Dreaming is the first step to allowing God to paint a beautiful life for us. And I'm not saying that God is going to give you every single thing you want. I don't believe that God is going to give us everything we want just because we want it. But I believe that he has a plan, a beautiful plan for our lives. And that when we sink our hearts with him, our desires merge with God's desires for us. God's will merges with our will because he is living through us. And it is safe to follow the desires of our heart. And I've always said this, it's safe to follow the desires of our heart, safe to follow the desires of our heart. And I believe it so deeply, but the thing is like the piece that a lot of people are missing is that you can't follow the desires of your heart. If you're not in tune and in sync with your heart, if you're not living in union with the spirit of God, because then, you know, our egos are really deceptive. The darkness in this world is really deceptive. You might think you're following the desire of your heart. You might feel like it, but really it's a desire of an ego or a false identity or a desire that's coming from a place of desperation or disconnect or dysregulation or trauma. It is impossible to tell the difference between the desire of our heart that is merged with God's will and the desire of our minds or our egos or dysregulation or trauma or something else that is not of God. If we are not opening our hearts to God, if we are not living in sync with our hearts. So yes, you can follow the desires of your heart that is safe, but with caveats. And this is why mindset is not enough. And this is why just following your desires is not enough. You cannot just live a life blindly following all of your human desires. It'll get you nowhere. It'll burn you. And it's not to say that your desires aren't important, but we've got to almost filter them. I believe that when we open our hearts and we come into union with God, there's like this purification process, almost like this cleansing of everything that is not of us, of everything that is not of God begins to fall away. And when that happens, you can truly trust your heart because it is merged with God. And this is when co-creation gets really exciting. And this is where the ease comes in that everyone wants. You can't have ease of creation without co-creation, without union. Union with your heart, union with God. I've probably said that a million times, but it's so important. And I just, I really want people to understand this piece because this is what I've gotten from my past really 10 years of doing everything, right? Dove deep into religion, dove deep into spirituality, Dove deep into manifestation. Dove deep into God. I've done all of the things. I've tried everything. And I can now acknowledge that there is a way more than that I don't know than I do know. And I hold on to everything lightly. But what I do know is with God, everything is possible. And nothing is worth it without him. 
we cannot be fulfilled in anything material, but it does not mean that we should not pursue the dreams or goals that we have or certain material things. It just means that pursuing them on our own will never bring any sense of fulfillment. So yes, everything is possible, but not without God. Everything is possible, but with calm, stable, regulated nervous systems. Everything is possible with open hearts or hearts that are willing to begin that process of opening. Everything is possible, but we don't need any of it for contentment. We are not dependent upon our desires for a sense of contentment and peace. We're creating that internally first. Anything is possible, but peace comes from within. We're moving away from manic manifestation. We're moving away from desperation. We're moving away from unlimited possibilities that I need to tap into with my own willpower. That was exhausting. And we are no longer going any faster than our slowest parts. We are meeting our bodies where they are. We are meeting our hearts where they are. And we are trusting that God can work wonders when we are willing to begin to open. We know that we don't need to heal everything to open our hearts 100%, let go of all of our trauma and completely regulate every part of ourselves and our nervous system and feel completely safe all the time in order for God to work wonders and miracles through us. That is not how this works. This is not a game of how much can I fix myself or how much can I heal as quickly as possible in order to receive the life that I want. If you are willing for God to work through you, if you are willing to begin that process, he can work wonders with one centimeter of spaciousness, of willingness, of openness within you. I've experienced that. And I really, really do truly believe that if you're living a life that is out of alignment with God's plan for you, that it's out of sync with your heart, it's not going to feel right. No matter what that life is, whether it's the most luxurious, beautiful life in the world or it's the opposite, it's not going to feel right. You're going to feel anxious and out of alignment, but you won't be able to explain it because I believe that deep peace and contentment only comes when we are fully in sync with God. I believe that we were designed and created to experience deep peace and fulfillment and contentment. And yes, we live in a fallen world where there is darkness and so many souls who are living far out of alignment with God and really out of tune with their hearts. And we cannot avoid what comes from that. But at the same time, we can live within a certain certain sense of peace and fulfillment and internal stability and safety. But we will never feel that the way that God wants us to feel, created us to feel, designed us to feel in life until we are living in alignment with God, with his plan, with his will. I believe that feeling out of alignment, feeling anxious all the time can sometimes be a symptom of living out of sync with God in our own hearts. And anxiety is a complex topic and that is not the only cause of anxiety. I want to add that caveat here. I'm very aware of that. I have worked on anxiety in my own life for a long time and work with endless clients with anxiety. And I have seen, I have seen anxiety shift in moments in instances when alignment with God happens, when acceptance of a certain truth or desire that we're not allowing ourselves to accept happens. And sometimes when momentum begins, 
sometimes God places something on our heart, but we don't trust that it's from him or we don't feel ready or we're scared. So we don't take action. And it's just sitting there, that energy. Sometimes that anxiety is a lack of movement, lack of momentum when something within us is ready to move. When we feel anxious or something doesn't feel right, there's a message there. It's for a reason. We all know when we don't feel in alignment. But alignment doesn't just mean alignment with our souls or our energy or the universe. Alignment with a heart which has the spirit of God living within it. Alignment with a life created through God within us. And I'm not saying that we are God, right? We're not many gods and goddesses. God within us. God is separate from us, but can live within us, within our hearts, to steer our hearts, to strengthen our hearts, to guide our lives. So in conclusion here, we need all of the pieces. We need the mindset work. We need to be able to focus our minds on the positive, on on what's possible, on the hope, on what God is capable of. We need to dream really big. We need to train our minds but it's not everything, right? And where, you know, a lot of spirituality has gone wrong is is focusing on toxic positivity and everything is positive and optimistic all the time, repressing all the bad. There needs to be a middle ground. We need to learn to train our minds. We need to learn to believe in the impossible and to focus on what's available and to imagine all of the possibilities with God while also creating space for our emotions, creating space for what we feel in every single moment without denying any part of us. There has to be a marriage, a union between these two. So the mindset work without any bypassing or repressing the imagination, the dreaming, and then we need to have the body, the nervous system regulation, the heart opening, the expansion, the creating enough safety to anchor and drop back into our bodies again, because we were designed to, for our spirit, for our souls, to be one with our bodies, not to live in disconnection from our bodies. And then we need the spirit, right? God. We need to be united with God, with the spirit of God, to, to open, to allow God to live within us, to live within our hearts. So this, like these three things, I believe, like make up co-creation, the mind, the body, and the spirit. And when I say spirit, I mean spirit of God not our spirit, because I believe that it is God's spirit living through us. And yes, I do believe we have a soul. We could say mind, body, soul, and God. But I believe that our soul is so wrapped up in God. I don't believe our soul desires things that God doesn't desire. I believe that our soul is, is meant to live in complete union with God. Our soul's will merges with God's will. It is one and the same when we invite God into our lives, into our hearts. So we need the mindset work. We can't push that aside. We need the dreaming, the imagination, and, and the hope and the faith. We need the body work. We need the embodiment. We need to create spaciousness in our being because a body or a nervous system that is deregulated and stressed out and living in fight or flight mode, a body that doesn't feel safe to be inhabited, does not have the capacity to hold more. This is why only mindset work doesn't work. And none of this will work without God. If we're not living in union with the spirit of God, nothing is possible. 
Because with God, everything is possible. Without him, our possibilities are extremely limited. And without him, there is no peace. There is no deep love. There is no deep safety. There is no deep fulfillment. None of our cravings or longings can be fulfilled outside of God. We need all three pieces. The problem I see is that a lot of spirituality focuses on the mind. And religion focuses on just God. Very few sectors anywhere focus on the body at all. And even just speaking about this stuff, I'm getting so excited because I've been putting all of this into practice in my own life. And it's incredible how quickly shifts have happened. Literally, it feels like overnight. And this is what feels really alive within me right now. This is what God has placed on my heart. And one thing I want to add here about God, because I know the terminology God is really triggering for a lot of people still. And for me, it always will be God. But it took me years of working through a lot of religious trauma to get to a place where I felt safe to even say the word God. That's you. I just want you to know that you don't need to use the terminology God to connect with God. If there's still too much trauma, God's going to meet you where you are. He'll meet you wherever you are. So right now, if you need to imagine God as spirit or energy or whatever word you need, God can meet you there. Don't cut off the intimacy possible with God just because of your trauma, just because religion got to you first. And I want to also make this caveat because I've had a lot of people ask me and I haven't addressed it publicly yet. People want to know, what are your beliefs? Okay, so you feel like you're shifting. You're not really new age anymore, but are you religious? Are you Christian? A lot of people want to know if I'm Christian. I want to make this very clear. I am not religious. I love God so much. And I even love Jesus. I have loved learning about the life of Jesus. And Jesus has always been someone I felt connected with since I was a kid. But I do not like religion. Uh, I despise a lot of things about religion. I would even go so far to say I really hate a lot of things about religion. Not everything. A lot of beautiful people in religion. A lot of great intentions. But I would not call myself religious. I could actually record an entire episode on this. On loving God but despising religion and and what that looks like. And I think that one of the biggest enemies to intimacy with God is religion. And I think it's so sad that so many of us have been convinced to turn our faces away from God because of religion. But even the past, you know, six months, eight months, I've really been studying religion and specifically Christianity. And I've even gone, I've gone to probably, I don't know, eight different churches, so many church experiences, Bible studies. I've read scripture again, and I've really explored everything. I really wanted to understand religion and where it's all coming from. And I feel like I found a third path of, I know what I believe and I believe it very strongly, but I don't want to share what I believe with you because I don't want you to pick up my belief system because I believe it. But what I will say is that I found so many problems with the new age belief system. And I believe that, you know, religion burned me so bad that I I still wanted something to believe in. So I think that was a lot of us. New age was there. It was something to believe in. It showed me hope. It didn't cage me in like religion did. But then I realized that, wait, you know, a lot of the new age belief system is they're half truths. They burnt me out. There was something missing. 
there wasn't that duality of light and darkness. It wasn't rooted in reality. But there's also so much darkness in a religion, right? Like I couldn't go back there. I experienced it again from, I wanted to experience it from my, you know, who I am now. And I see so many people trapped in religion. So many people who at the drop of a hat can spew all of these religious truths about God and who he is and all of these big fancy words and memorize scriptures. And a lot of that is really beautiful. But then I keep asking myself, why are some of the most anxious and depressed people I've ever met, those who consider themselves deeply, deeply religious? Why are the ones who claim to love God and to love Christ so deeply, the ones that I feel the least amount of love from? Why is it that so many people that I've met can spew, memorize religious terms and understandings and words that are so big and fancy, I don't even get them. I've never, I I have no understanding of them. They go right over my head. Why is it that those people don't have intimacy with God? And why is it that the God I know is not represented here? Because the God that I know is all love and is all good. And many beliefs that I hold would probably uh, be called heretical to a lot of mainstream conventional religion, for which reason I don't consider myself to be religious because I cannot stand by and sit there and nod my head and agree with a God that encourages people to shame, judge, harass, or ostracize others for their lifestyle choices or beliefs. And I've heard people who've given their entire lives to God and to studying God and to theology and who are deep in ministry with so much anxiety because they weren't unsure if they were good enough to be saved from hell. And that breaks my heart that you've given your entire life to a God that you love, who I still believe is the same God that we all love as well. But you've created this idea that you need to be good enough to not be punished eternally. It breaks my heart because not only do I not believe in eternal punishment, I could create a whole podcast on my beliefs, which I'm not going to right now. But if our entire relationship with God is based on our fear of punishment, is that really love? Are we really actually experiencing the love of God? If we believe that we have to love God, imagine if you had a a partner who said to you, you need to love me or I am going to physically abuse you every day for the rest of your life. If you really believe that, you would do everything you could to act like you love that person, to show them that you love them. But would that really be love? Or would it be a facade of love? It's what I keep seeing over and over and over in religious spaces is this focus on loving God for what he's done for us and loving God so that he'll save us. And my question is, why do we have to love God because of what he's, he's done or what he's doing or, or in order to save us from eternal punishment? True unconditional love is not because someone has done something for us or because they're going to not hurt us. True love doesn't induce anxiety, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. God is love and has no darkness in him. Then how could loving God cage you and create more anxiety? And I'm not sharing this to bash on anyone's belief system. I think that we all have been given free will to believe whatever we want to believe. 
but I do truly believe that what you believe about the world, about life, about God should not become a cage, should not induce anxiety or fear within your heart because if God is all love and all goodness and there's no darkness in him, then what is of him will not produce darkness within you. So no matter what your belief system is, I would challenge you to really look at it and ask yourself, is all of this of God? Because I believe that what is of God brings a peace that transcends all understanding. If your belief system does not bring you peace, can it be of a God who brings a peace that transcends all understanding? And when I asked myself that question about, you know, my past version of myself in religion, the answer was no. When I asked myself that question about a past version of myself that was in new age, the answer is no. When I asked that question of myself now, the answer is yes, a resounding yes. My time in religion focused too much on not feeling good enough and on fear and on shame. My time in new age, like deeply entrenched in spirituality, focused too much on me, on me having to be in control. That didn't bring me peace. It put a lot of pressure on me. Now I'm in a place where my belief system does bring me resounding peace. And honestly, I still do enjoy going to church sometimes because I love the worship. I love singing. I feel God's love and worship and singing and praise. I love worship music. Listen to it all the time. But I'm really careful about getting too stuck or entrenched or trapped in one specific belief system especially don't trust anything that is conventional that is conventional or mainstream if it's become mainstream if the herd is following it i question it it's always been my way as the reality is your belief system should set you free god should be setting you free your relationship with god should be setting you free if you're not feeling set free i think there's a problem and i didn't mean to get into this topic on this episode but i did want to make this give some clarity to this because I know people have been asking me I haven't really been answering it gets sticky addressing these things publicly because I do want to share my heart with all of you but I also want to be careful of just spewing my belief system at you because I don't want you to just adopt it as your own I want you to be able to figure out what you believe to be true I want you to find the truth on your own because you're never going to be able to truly trust something if you didn't come to the conclusion yourself. But I also want you to be armed and and understanding and aware and conscious when choosing what you believe in and coming to find the truth, not choosing what you believe, but unraveling what the truth actually is. But one thing I know to be absolutely true that I am unwilling to waver on, the only piece of truth that I am absolute about, everything else I hold loosely, is that God is love. There is no darkness in God. God is all good and all loving and all light. This world has darkness. This world is deceiving. God is not. Okay, enough of that tangent. Maybe I'll record an episode that goes more uh, in depth into my thoughts about loving God, but despising religion and pursuing God outside of religion and what that's looked like and because I know a lot of you are coming here with religious trauma like I did and I think sharing more of that experience and that journey for me may be helpful for some people but with all of that said what I want you to take away from this is don't stop dreaming God is all good 
all things are possible with God. He gave you your imagination. There's no limit to what can be co-created through union with God. And I am currently only taking on one-on-one clients. The only thing I have open right now is one-on-one. It's what I feel called to in the moment. It's been my most powerful work. It's been so transformational that it just, it's exciting to me right now, seeing the transformations that are taking place in people's hearts and lives. So if you feel called to work with me in any way, if you feel excited about stepping into this co-creative journey and dreaming big and bringing those co-creations to life through union with God, whatever that looks like, or if you may be interested, uh, the link to apply is in the show notes. You can email me, Jenna at pursuitofbliss.com if you have questions. I'm currently not on Instagram. I'm taking a 30-day break. Uh, so right now I would reach out to me through email if you want to personally reach me and trust yourself because God brings the right people to me. He always does, right? It's all him. So God places it on your heart. Trust that. Even if you don't feel ready, even if you're not sure why God works outside of logic and our understanding. So I can't wait to meet those of you who are to become my future soulmate clients and friends. And I hope this episode served you. I really do. And I will talk to you all next week. Hope you have a beautiful rest of your day, wherever you are in the world.